Hello and welcome to episode three of the iFeatures podcast. 800 applications, whittled down to 12 teams of emerging filmmaking talent, selected by a panel of film executives from Creative England, the BFI Film Fund and BBC Films. Throughout this series, we're following the journeys of those 12 teams as they progress through Creative England's flagship film development programme, iFeatures. Last month, we were in Manchester for the first StoryLab workshop. This month, we are at the second StoryLab, two days of interactive sessions, Q&As and workshops in Liverpool. We're continuing to focus on the importance of story in film development, and in particular, exploring the stories specific to each of the 12 projects on this year's iFeatures programme. The 12 teams have reconvened back together for another set of workshops and sessions with experts in their craft of the filmmaking process. They've all arrived on a bright Wednesday morning at Fact in Liverpool, where they pour into a cosy cinema room to be welcomed by Creative England's iFeatures execs, Kate O'Hara and Paul Ashton. The execs invited a few thoughts from some of the filmmakers about how they'd been getting on and what they'd been considering since the last Story Lab. Before we knew it, Almost everyone had chirped up with their thoughts, feelings, excitements and anxieties surrounding their projects. There's a sense of assurance in the room that all the filmmakers are feeling comfortable sharing these thoughts in each other's presence, especially now that they've spent a little bit of time together and got to know each other a little bit better. It's been a really useful few months. The big thing for me was the kind of reimagining the ending of the film. And so I think I've had this kind of brainwave of sort of ending on actually a more uplifting way for the film and, and Abby's journey, which I actually think hopefully works. And so it's been a really useful few months just writing, getting this kind of big treatment done. And I feel, yeah, I haven't heard from Michelle yet. <laughs> I just sent it to her yesterday, so it could be a disaster. <laughs> I mean, I'm the only one who's read it. So I, yeah. Paul sums up the purpose of the next two days rather concisely. If the first Story Lab was about putting everyone in the right frame of mind, establishing what their films were about and looking at their projects holistically, this one is all about the flesh and bones, how their stories feel, how they are structured and beginning to piece together a first draft screenplay. And with that in mind, the teams then split into two groups for the first workshops. All of our team's producers remain in the screening room for a session led by experienced film producers Sol Papadopoulos and Emily Leo, discussing and exploring the various challenges film producers face when positioning and promoting their project and team effectively in today's market. Meanwhile, the writers and writer-directors head off to a breakout room for a session focusing on story structure. I think it's really important when you start working on the script are those three fundamental questions. Who is your story about? What happens to them? And why should an audience care about what happens? And I think that those are three very, very good starting points. This is Peter Atedgi. Peter is the writer and co-director of the critically acclaimed documentary feature McQueen, Along with numerous other credits for his work as a writer, script editor and producer, he is also a scholar of dramaturgy and absolutely passionate 
when it comes to the art of storytelling. Originality really comes with the voice of the individual filmmaker. I would say that you can be original in terms of plotting, but actually there are kind of, in a sense, there's a finite number of plot situations. They've been used since classical times. They've evolved. Um, they've been put to use on the stage and in opera and in movies and in television and in long-form storytelling and in shorts and in novels. So, you know, in a sense... They have evolved, but basically you're always dealing with the same kinds of situations that generate plot material. And I think it's worth, you know, instead of trying to reinvent the wheel, it's really worth sort of trying to understand what those plot situations are and how they function in different forms. There's some great primers for this. There's um, Christopher Booker's Seven Basic Plots. There's the work that George Polty was doing where he came up with the 36 dramatic situations. And then, of course, you've got people like Joseph Campbell, who identified there as being really one only plot, one hero's journey that you could almost apply to any form of storytelling. So I think it's, it's a really good thing to kind of absorb those traditions of storytelling. But what that shouldn't be confused with is where the true originality of film storytelling comes from. And that is the voice. And, and that means not just the voice of the characters as they talk and subtextualize their way through a film plot, but it also means the voice of the filmmaker. I mean, really off the top of my head, if you look at something like Pulp Fiction, none of the dramatic situations that Tarantino uses in that film are original of themselves. What is original is the way that he puts them together and intercuts them and has them play off each other and also the way that he kind of like reinvents them through the eyes and mouths and souls of his characters. Part of Peter's session involved breaking up into smaller groups and discussing some of the specific hurdles and questions the filmmakers had about each of their own projects. Everyone, including Peter, had prepared for this by reading each of the team's latest one-page treatments that they had prepared prior to the workshop. Peter hopped from group to group, giving some insights of his own from a more experienced perspective and encouraging them to focus on the who, what and why of their stories. I asked Peter to talk me through some of the challenges our filmmakers are facing as they begin to think about their first draft screenplays. I think that it's figuring out who your story is about and what their central concerns are. And it's kind of trying to beat out what happens in your story. What's very interesting is to see that, you know, at this point, a lot of those questions are still very much up in the air. And that's as it should be, especially when you're creating completely original material. I think amongst this you know, really incredible slate of ideas and projects that is the new iteration of Eye Features. I think there's only one story that is inspired by a true story. Everything else is completely original in terms of it's not adapted from a book or from a piece of journalism or from someone's life. And so, you know, that is the biggest challenge as a screenwriter to create something that is, is original. And you really are starting with a completely blank slate. So early on, there's a lot of sort of like, I hope it doesn't sound patronising to call it fumbling, but there's a lot of sort of like, you know, getting the definition on that who, what and why. And I think what kind of came out during our, our session 
was that they were still, in spite of the fact that people have written five-page treatments and, and so on, there's still those, some of those questions still persist. And I hope that, you know, in a sense, that certain things kind of clarified for them during the course of that session. Some of the kind of other things that I noticed in common with certain projects is the question of when you're talking about who is the story about, you're also talking about who is the point of view in the story. And a lot of questions were raised about how you switch point of view between characters. Is it, is it really about more than one character? You know, how do you balance that? How do you incorporate that with where you started? How do you switch points of view between characters? Those things are very typical. Um, another thing that kind of happens is that, obviously, when you start, you're starting with a thumbnail of an idea. And you have to kind of make that idea extensible. It's something that's going to work over 90 minutes. It's something that has to have a kind of a beginning and a middle and an end, if you will. And I think with some of the projects, there was a feeling that, okay, we've got that first act, but where is this going to go? How is the story actually going to be developed? So that it's more than just a very good sort of anecdote. It's something that will really compel over the 90-minute length of a film. So those are sort of like the kinds of typical things that I kind of felt were, I would expect to come up at this stage of story development, and they very much were there in these projects. Is it fairly typical or unusual to see some of our writers or filmmakers establishing or clarifying the who, what and why as they go through the writing process? Or is it important to define those three before they put pen to paper? I think it really helps to define that at an early stage. That said, I think we can get very hung up on these early stages of beating out our story. And a lot of the language around film development is to do with one-pages and outlines and treatments. And very often, I think, the point where you really discover who your characters are and why they should exist is actually when you start writing scenes and you start hearing their voices so it's a delicate balance because on one hand you have to sort of like you know you have to have a sense of what your scaffolding is what your what your overall structure is going to be uh, on the other hand there is nothing like writing a scene between two of your key characters or just writing fade in and visualizing the scene and almost taking dictation from that visualization it starts to really come alive in a way that it can't possibly come alive when you're writing step outlines and treatments. So I think I know some people who absolutely have to have that roadmap in place. I know other people who kind of, they prefer to find their characters in the writing. So I think it's horses for courses, really. I think it's, you know, there can't be one prescribed process that all writers should follow. And I think it's great that this new edition of By Features, there's a slightly different approach to previously because it's much more bespoke. It's much more thinking about the needs of individual filmmakers and how best to help them get from the beginning points of the process to a, a compelling draft screenplay. After Peter's session with our filmmakers on story structure, I grabbed a couple of the teams to see what kind of progress they were making with their projects. Um, I think... I started putting a draft together um, a while ago, but then we met a script editor and it's all changed. So we've started again almost entirely with the story, like I'm sure everyone else has done on this scheme as well. So kind of back at the beginning, I suppose, with the one page job, but in a good way, you know, it's going in a better place. So. Writer-director Charlotte Regan and producer Owen Afoylan 
are the team behind a project titled Nan. So Nan is a comedy drama about a young teenager who uh, lives up in a kind of rough part of, of East London and he uh, owes a lot of money to some drug dealers uh, and he has 24 hours to find this money and the only way he can do it is by committing crimes and dealing drugs and the only person that can help him out is his aged old grandmother who does not want to be there, who's grumpy and hates everything in life. So they kind of go on this journey together and kind of learn more about each other and learn to work together. Was there anything at the first Story Lab in Manchester that made you think differently about how you were going to approach the project? So I suppose it was more meeting a script editor mm. um, that helped it a lot more, I suppose, um, in terms of the tone. I think everyone said that today when we've recapped as well, is their tone that they were struggling with. And meeting a script editor really helps you kind of know what you can and can't do or just helps you kind of realise your tone. So it was more that script edit a time that I've never had before, so it was great to kind of think through the story there. And I think that question was kind of planted in the first story lab, where I think everyone talked to us, whether it was peer-to-peer or the, the execs themselves, about what our tone was and have we it nailed down. And it, it, it did start to change after the lab, so we did start thinking about it. And then once we kind of met up with, with Paul, our script editor, I think we came to the decision that it's not an all-out comedy. It's more of a drama comedy, so you're playing with character arcs and development and the warmth between characters while still having laughs but it's not it's not about pratfalls it's not about you know setting up these contrived scenarios it's more about these two people and how they evolve later that day i caught up with another team who at one stage were also wrestling with the tone of their film uh, my name is sean and i'm the writer director of man accidentally kills i'm alex the producer would one of you be able to give a brief synopsis of what Man Accidentally Kills is about? I guess it's about how a family's world's kind of turned upside down when a family member is accused of being a paedophile by an online vigilante group. It's sort of about the collision between the, the virtual world and the domestic. So quite relevant, I think, hopefully. What stage are you at in the, sort of the development of your treatment and converting that into a, a first draft? We had, before coming to Eye Features, we had a, a sort of thin uh, first draft of the script, but now we're taking it back and starting again from a treatment. And I guess what I'm working on right now is a, sort of a long document, maybe like a 30-page treatment document that's a lot more in-depth and sort of so I can iron out a lot of the questions that I have. So you already had in your mind a, a rough idea, a rough outline mm. of what the full story would be. Have there been any sort of significant changes to that then? There's not, I mean, there's not any huge changes as of yet. It's more just how to pace a lot of the, the beats in the film and um, how to draw things out. Because there's a lot of big moments in the film which I want to kind of play down. You know, there's a danger of becoming slightly melodramatic, maybe if I don't. So it's getting the tone right, yeah. uh, which has been the biggest challenge, I guess. Was there anything in particular at the Manchester set of workshops at the first Story Lab mm. that provided any significant help for you or direction? I, w- I would say a big thing was to do with uh, character. As we're looking at these quite big themes, quite timely themes about how the digital world is changing the way we live, I think one of the big concerns that came up in that is making sure that the characters feel that they're not serving thematic exploration, that yeah. they're actually people that act in a human way and that they do things that we would believe. So I think that was one of the big things we took away from it. And I think that leads back into what Sean's been saying about navigating the tone and at the moment at times maybe the story has felt potentially melodramatic as in things happen that maybe feel larger than life and one of the biggest 
progressions that we've made is to focus more on the smaller moments. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's good. As the producer of Man Accidentally Kills, Alex's role in these early stages of development is very different to that of writer-director Sean's. The importance of communication between the writer and everyone else, from script editors to the iFeatures execs, is crucial to ensuring everyone is working towards the same goal. Yeah, that's a huge, well, not even just with the script editor, but I think it's for Sean to achieve his best work, he has to think in a certain way about how he's putting that together. And that way of thinking doesn't necessarily translate itself to other parties, like you say. And most importantly, in my mind, doesn't necessarily translate immediately to the public. And that's obviously who we want to be speaking to with a film like this. So that big thing of trying to straddle the creative process, which involves going into so much depth with character and story, but then also taking out and finding a form of expression for that. Alex and all the other team's producers benefited from a session on day one with experienced film producers Sol Papadopoulos of Hurricane Films and Emily Leo of Wigwam Films. The pair held a relaxed session, exchanging stories, experiences and discussing the typical challenges producers are faced with when bringing a film and its team into today's market. Afterwards, I asked Sol and Emily to share their thoughts on the role of a producer in film development. It's always hard to try and explain to someone what a producer's job is because mm. yeah. it's so multifarious and so multi-hatted. You have to wear so many hats every day. Mm. And it is, you know, relationship building, it is communication, it is telling a writer, you know, that page needs to go or that script isn't right. It is talking to a financier and trying to sell that story. And you have to be consumed by the project with a passion, and but you have to be consumed by the team and the people you're working with as well, I think. Mm. How far ahead into a film's life cycle do our filmmakers have to be thinking this early on? Should they be thinking about distribution right at the very early stages? Yeah, yeah, I think in development one of the key things is knowing what type of film you're making and who it's for and making sure that like when you are happy with the script, it's, you know, it's clear what the route to market is. Yeah, you could almost reverse engineer a, a film from where do you want it first to appear and then work backwards as to how you get there and who should be involved and what kind of you know, people can be your champions along the way that will also take some ownership in the project and help you make that happen. The final session of day one saw all of our filmmakers bursting with questions and a hunger to learn from one of this country's most respected filmmakers and in conversation with Jonathan Glazer, director of the British cult classic Sexy Beast and more recently, the critically acclaimed Under the Skin, starring Scarlett Johansson. Jonathan's films are unique in the way his ideas are projected onto the big screen. You can tell he is a very visual thinker, but it's also evident from both his work and the way he spoke to our filmmakers that he's a very visual communicator as well. So that was a very special session. I think we would all agree with that. You know, he's, he's such an incredible filmmaker and there was a lot of excited Eye Features filmmakers in that room. And what was so wonderful about it was sometimes when you see, you hear these sort of bigger name directors speak, um, sometimes it just turns into a bit of a career talk, you know, which is great to listen to. But, you know, it's a lot of stuff you already know. And actually what we really wanted him to talk about was how he develops projects and his development process and keeping it more centred around that and his move from going to music videos, commercials, to, to film. And he was incredibly honest and absolutely talked about his process and 
talked about the challenges he still faces as a filmmaker. You know, he still was very honest about that. And I think it was really great for the Eye Features gang to hear because they could really relate to what he was saying as well and sort of, again, apply it to their own development processes. Um, and they had lots of questions for him as well, which was brilliant. Yeah, so it was a fantastic session. One thing I noticed, he spoke quite a lot about imagery. Mm. Um, dreams. Dreams. Yeah. He spoke about how he thinks quite visually and Absolutely, how he thinks yeah. in images. Yeah. Yeah. He often yeah. used metaphors and analogies all Absolutely. the time. He yeah, spoke yeah. about the structure of a film being the scaffolding. That's like, a fantastic point, actually, yeah. that, you know, the, the script, the structure is just the scaffolding for then all the kind of the visual and the craziness to happen around. That was something that a lot of them took away, which was really, yeah, really cool. The next morning, all of our filmmakers were back in the screening room for another Q&A session, this time with another member of the iFeatures alumni. Well, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, it's it's sort of wonderful I, because we had a really brilliant residential in Liverpool. I remember it, and it was very hard being asked to kind of put myself back into the middle of this fog of you know what development really is essentially when you when you're through with it, and even while you're going through it, it was great. It was lovely. I mean, Hope Dixon Leach is the writer and director of The Leveling. Her debut feature film developed through the program a couple of years ago. She shared with me her perspective of returning this year to impart some words of wisdom. And uh, it's lovely to share any of my stories, really. It's a privilege. I was just interested to hear some of the challenges that you might have faced when you were first translating that initial treatment into a first draft script. I think when you get to a certain point with the treatment, if you're ready to go to script, you're, you're sort of frustrated because the treatment can no longer carry or sustain the sort of images that you want to create, the tensions you want to create between the characters, which is ultimately what most scenes are. Um, so it sort of feels liberating to, to then be allowed to inhabit your characters and get to know them better and, and really start to understand the psychology of those characters and how that is what's propelling the story forward. So I think that first draft after treatment is terrifying. It shows you all the things you've got wrong but it's also wonderful because you get to meet these people that you've been thinking about for the last however many months and you get to kind of start to spend time with them, figure out who they are and they will become the kind of the thing that ends up on the screen. They will become the, the people that everyone goes to watch. So that for me is the delight. Um, and then after that you're doing the structural work and really trying to kind of figure out how to make sure that this character really undergoes this experience that is going to be worth watching on a big screen and that work will then persist until you get it right but uh, I think the first draft should be this kind of exciting release from one document that's possibly lovely to write but you know is sort of quite superficial in a way to something else which is much more revealing but also has the scope to really create complex characters out of it. The second day of workshops involved the team splitting once again into producers and writers and directors. This time, the producers were joined by sales agents, distributors and exhibitors who were on hand to give feedback on their ideas and proposed films and cover what they all need to be thinking about at this critical juncture in project development. The session took the format of a few smaller group roundtable discussions rotating each hour. Meanwhile, the writers were in a breakout room with screenwriter Tim Price, 
examining some examples of key dramatic moments in films, facilitating ways into them, and showing our filmmakers how they can feed and define the whole story. This was a much more practical and technical exercise for our writers, one they would have found very useful at this point in development, as they prepare to really get stuck into the writing of scenes and a first draft script. We've reached the end of this second story lab, but before leaving Liverpool, I grabbed a quick chat with one more of our filmmakers. Jonathan, name of your project is Avi. Yes. Would you be able to give us a brief summary of what Avi is about? Yes. So Avi is about a young 25-year-old Hasidic Jewish man called Avi, and he is looking to get married. And in the Hasidic community, you go through a process called Shaduch, which is where you meet lots of potential partners. And Avi is a very odd, eccentric guy, so he's struggling to find anyone. And all he wants in life is to find that love of his life. So that's what it's about, really. Yeah. And what stage are you at at the moment, moving that, that conceptual idea and that, yeah. th that five-page treatment which you first started this process off with? So, yeah, once we left the last lab, I've kind of just locked myself away and I've been working on a very ex like long, extended treatment of the whole film so for me it's a sort of document of this is what happens then this is what happens then this is what happens so now i'm at about a, like a 24 page treatment of the film right from beginning to end are there any sort of challenges that you feel like you're currently facing and has there been anything or any revelation that you've mm. made in the last couple of days here in liverpool yeah, I mean, the thing what I kind of really realised when I was writing the treatment is it's a romantic comedy and it's got to follow those genre expectations. You know, in most romantic comedies, it's boy meets girl, but in this, it's sort of boy can't meet girl and is just desperately trying to meet girl. And that really excites me because there hasn't been anything about the Hasidic community that is a comedy. But the revelation really is, is that in the sense that now that I have these genre expectations to play with and mess around really excited me and, and it really helped me write up the, the kind of long longer treatment of what happens in the story and, and I think I've just got to keep interrogating that and keep trying to what we were doing a lot today was kind of how you misdirect an audience how you play on their expectations of a film when they sit down what they think they're going to see so again I think now is just to keep thinking every scene am I moving things along am I twisting people's expectations you know I just think with film, you really want to see something that you haven't seen before, learn about a world you don't know much about, and you have your own expectations. What's also exciting, not just about the genre expectations with Avi, but people have expectations of who the Hasidic Jewish community are and how they behave. And I had my own expectations, but going and doing research, you, it's a whole spectrum, and not everyone is the same. And I think that will be really surprising, and I think that's really important with film. Are there any useful tools or materials that you've thought about creating to help illustrate some of your ideas? Well, the, a lot of the film is about music because Avi makes his own funk music. So I've been playing a lot of funk music. I'm trying to see if maybe I can start composing some original funk music. And in addition to them being obviously part of the fabric of the film, yeah. are they pieces of material that will help convey the tone of the film when you're yeah. trying to explain that to other members of your filmmaking yes. team. I'm definitely, I think music is so helpful in trying to convey ideas. And, and there's lots of music that I've been thinking about that I know I probably won't be able to use in the film if we get to make it. But 
that I've put in the treatment just to start setting the tone so people can get the tone of the film. And I always think it's really helpful. You know, a film is like X and Y song. It has the highs and lows of a song. And I think I'm trying to convey that in the treatment as well. So it doesn't just feel like words on a page. Jonathan and the rest of the writers are now firmly underway with their screenplays. The next workshop the teams will attend is not until the end of October. So the writers have a solid two months now to work closely with their directors, producers, script editors and the execs as they develop their first drafts. On the next episode of the iFeatures podcast, we'll be prizing a few of our writers briefly away from their desks, checking in on the progress they're making with those scripts. Thanks for listening to the episode. I've been your host, Andy Johnson. If you'd like to get in touch about anything you've heard on the podcast or to share your thoughts on the series, we can be found on Twitter at iFeaturesUK. And please do leave us a review and rating on your podcast app, as this really helps us become more discoverable for more people to learn about film development. Remember to subscribe to the series for the next episode to appear in your feed when it's released next month. This podcast is brought to you by Creative England, a national body that invests in creative talent and businesses across film, TV, games and digital media to help turn ideas into reality. This series was created and produced by Tonality Media and hosted by me, Andy Johnson. iFeatures is led by Creative England and supported by BBC Films, Creative Skillset and made possible through National Lottery funding from the BFI. You can find more information about the programme and the final 12 filmmaking teams on the iFeatures and Creative England websites.